It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, October 25th. LA Galaxy coming off of a a disappointing 2-2 draw with FC Dallas. We'll talk a little bit about that game, tell you why the LA Galaxy floundered in the first half, somehow found their form in the second half, and why that hurts them a lot in terms of locking up that playoff position. We're in three games left. we got to talk about SKC coming up on Wednesday. We have some other news and interesting tidbits to get to as well. So a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of things we need to talk about to help me do all that. He's back in the saddle once again. It's Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, it, it rained here today. I was scared. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I was going to say. <laughs> the rain. I, I thought the earth was leaking or something. Do pandas like rain? I don't know. They, 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 they live they in a forest, do. right? So I would yeah. I would imagine that they do. I mean, they live in zoos mainly. <laughs> true, true, true. As that is as well. Um, how was everything, Kevin? How was your How was your week? How was How was everything for you? Good. Um, I went to see Premier League live. That was kind of cool at the Coliseum. There were eight thousand five hundred people that came out over the weekend to see that. That was That was pretty neat. A lot of giveaways. If it's free, it's me. So I was happy with that. Um, but you know, you started the show talking about disappointing two-two draw. You were whining when the Galaxy were on a nine-game unbeaten streak, and now they have a four-game un- or a nine-game winless streak. Now they have a four-game unbeaten streak, right. and you're whining again. Yeah, you're you're a hard guy to please. Uh, I I mean, you know, let's let's put it, let's make it very clear, very simple, Kevin. Whenever you look at that matchup against FC Dallas, that should have been a win. I don't care when it was, where they played it. I don't care if they played it on the face of the face of the moon. It doesn't matter. The Galaxy should have won that game. Now that being said, I also consider it a minor miracle, Kevin that they actually tied that game in the second half as well with how poorly they played in the first half. So, I mean, I can, you know, you can talk about a whole bunch of things and say, you know, just general, if you were there and you saw them come back, it was probably, you're probably doing what I did, which was saying, you know, oh, wow, they got a draw and that's about as good as you could hope for. And we'll call that, you know, as you'll, you'll call that what it is. It's better than a loss, right? Um, so you look at that and say better than a loss, but there's no way going into that game, the Galaxy should have been, fighting for their lives um you know and and by the way i think that the point they got against dallas and we'll talk about this as we go through the point they got against dallas might be the point that eventually gets them into the the playoffs you know and sort of it crosses that line i think it's going to be very tight down the way uh we've talked a whole bunch about how there's difficult games coming up but that game against dallas showed me two things is how poorly the la galaxy can play when they really don't feel interested and how direct and how relentless they can be against 
bad opposition in the second half. And so between those two things, I mean, I, it's a mixed bag. So yeah, I am hard to please, I guess. Well, here, imagine this. I'm going to become contentious with you once again. Um, it, yes, it could be the point that gets them in the playoffs. It could be the two points they didn't get could be the ones that keep them out of the playoffs. To me, it showed how, how important Julian Araujo is. Um, you know, he was out with the yellow card, uh, the card suspension, and and they really missed him in that first half. Sebastian Legette said some interesting things post post game, though. He talked a little bit about, and it was obvious, the grit that they showed, the fight that they showed to come back and to actually get the the draw and the point that you talk about that may be important down the road. That was that was impressive. But then he also said about the first half, it's like we should not need a wake up call this time of year. We know what we're playing for. We're playing for everything at this point. If we're not interested and we're not motivated now, why are we even doing this? Yeah, he was sort of saying, you know, sometimes we we need a almost like we need a reason to play. Right. And he goes, and we shouldn't need a reason. We should we should be out there competing. I mean, Greg Vanny didn't pull any punches either afterwards. He was very blunt, very clear. And he was saying, you know, that was that was a, a team without conviction. Right. There was no conviction in the first half. There was no understanding. I mean. I'm going to I'm going to say and let's let, why don't we just roll straight into it as well, because I, I think we should start talking about this game. It, it's important and there's some very important things to pull out of even just the starting lineup. Um, Kevin Cabral uh, started up top with Chicharito. And this was more, by the way, I think this was more of a 442 than the Galaxy have played in recent times where I always give them crap for listing the 442 in, in, in the scene. This was more of a 442. I thought Cabral stayed higher in this game, uh, paired up with Chicharito. And so um, I, there was there was something there. Efrain Alvarez was trying to reprise his role. Again, we talk about consistency and consistency issues. Uh, Efrain Alvarez has consistency issues. Uh, Victor Vasquez, Jonathan Dos Santos are my two red flags in this. We'll talk about them. Ryan Ravellison in there in in central midfield. Uh, and then you had Hamelainen on the left uh, on the left at defense. Williams, Depew, and then Fisher on the right. Red flag. We can talk about him as well. Jonathan Bond in goal. Um, for me, and it's very simple, Kevin, uh, whenever I look at this lineup and I look at how the, the play sort of came out, I look at Jonathan Dos Santos and Victor Vasquez. Now, Greg Vanny said that both of those guys were, were sort of taking no were, were, were playing with Knox in this game. Um, and if you look at that first half, the midfield did absolutely nothing. And it, it, I, you would even put Ravellison in that bunch of saying they were not controlling the ball. They were not controlling the pace of play. Dallas was dictating everything. Dallas was shooting. Dallas was passing right through the middle against the Galaxy. Um, and I would put Ravellison in that trouble spot, except that in the second half, whenever Ravellison got some actual help in midfield without Vector Vasquez and Jonathan Dos Santos in there, uh, with with uh, Grant Sewer in there, which was a big upgrade, um, and then with Sebastian Legett in there, all of a sudden the LA Galaxy were like, oh, we can play through the middle, no problems. And they had bite through the middle. Um, I think if we, if you want to blame Greg Vanny for starting Jonathan Dos Santos and Victor Vasquez with injuries or with knocks, and at this time of year, everybody has them, Kevin. Uh, but if you want to blame him, that's something that I think is a reasonable thing to look at and say, you knew these guys weren't 100% and you started them and you gave Dallas the impetus to move through the middle and run around people. Um, and then we can talk about Fisher as well. And, and Fisher did not have a good game. Well, and you talk about talking, uh, starting those two guys in the midfield, knowing that Julian Araujo is not there. Right. Julian Araujo, let's face it, Julian Araujo cleans up a lot of people's messes that he didn't get credit for, and he wasn't there to clean up these messes. Yeah, suspe no, I, suspended I, due to yellow cards. I wanted to make sure everybody knew that's what the reason. Suspended due to yellow cards. It was something that uh, MLS doesn't do a very good job of communicating. Um, there should be a giant, like, website that is easily found and easily clicked that says these are the guys who are on yellow card warning and these are the guys who if they get another yellow card they're out 
Um, we get that it stuff, does, but like the day before the game in order to try to figure that out. It, it doesn't even have to be a giant website. Just a regular size website would do it. But, um, you, you know, so the fact that Araujo was there, you know, a guy who's going to be really key down the stretch here. And when Sebastian Legette talked about, um, you know, it's going to come down to now, not talent, because he talked about Kansas City and Seattle, the next two opponents for the Galaxy being very talented. He said talent kind of goes out the window now. It really comes down to who wants it more. And when you look at those next two games, Kansas City and Seattle are already in the playoffs. So clearly the Galaxy wants it more now. They're playing to get in. But but here's an interesting stat. Of the 20 top players on the Galaxy in terms of minutes played this year, only six of them have ever played in an MLS playoff game because we have so many Europeans now. I know that intellectually they understand what the playoffs is. They understand where we are in the season. They look at the calendar. They know what it means. But they haven't gone through it yet. And uh, 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 Sasha Kleshton with 17 playoff games is the leader in the clubhouse here with the playoff experience. I think he's a guy that he's been key already, but I think he's even going to be more key to keep guys focused. Of Like this is not the you know the 30th game of the season. This is the, our first playoff game coming up. The 31st game, our, this is our first playoff game against Kansas City. We, The Galaxy, we're going to talk about this, I know, but I'll start it now. The Galaxy control their own destiny. But when you control your own destiny, that means you have to be in control. If the Galaxy win out, if the Galaxy get all nine points from their last three games, they are in the playoffs. If they give back even one point, they risk the, the chance of falling out. And, and I know you're going to talk about how that's mathematically correct, but probably not realistic. Well, you, you never know. See, you know, Real Salt Lake has a game in hand. They could get 12 points. They could. Uh, and if they get 12 points, the Galaxy need to get nine to hold them off. Then we have Minnesota behind them. They're going to play the Galaxy the last game of the season. Do you really want to come down to a winner-take-all game at the last at the end of the season? I'm not so sure how the Galaxy would react to that. I, I, I don't see this team as being a team that plays very well under that kind of pressure. So, re, you know, yes – realistically the galaxy aren't going to need nine points but mathematically right now if they want to get in and they want to continue to control their own destiny they need that if they give back two points if they get a draw in sporting kansas city for example they're gonna they could potentially need help to get in potentially i mean that's the that's the real thing as we've seen with the results throughout the western conference and by the way um you know everybody wants to talk about how bad the galaxy have played this year and I can agree at times they've looked very poor. They look like a team that doesn't quite understand the exact effort levels sometimes that they need to put out in order to take bad teams, right? It's easy whenever you play good teams, teams that are supposed to be better than you, you know you have to give all out effort. There is some mixing and matching. Like whenever they played Houston, there was let's give a lot of effort early on and put this game away and make it go away, Kevin, right? And that's what they did against Houston. They were successful with that. With Dallas, I think that they almost coasted out and sort of said, okay, we can. We just need to take it easy. This is game three of three. And I also say before I get too much further we as a press corps and as a fan base have not valued or or have undervalued how difficult it is to play game three of three because every time the galaxy have played game three of three they have struggled right and they're going into by the way they're going into sporting Kansas City on game four of four whenever you look at with in terms of and the reason is is look at the core of that team they're all you know chicharito dos santos these are all older guys yes vasquez the guys that they really rely on yes cabral's 21 or whatever he is grant sears young um revelison's a little bit up there you know if they use koulibaly he's a little bit up there there is a you think of this team as being new together and they are but uh, uh, some of these guys have a little bit of mileage on them 
Yeah, it, it does. And and certainly, and again, there's inexperience as this team, like what effort it takes for this team to sort of put together. And so um, I, I think you see that through all this. But, you know, also having said all this, and as badly as the Galaxy have played in situations, and certainly the first half against this Dallas team was one of the most pathetic efforts I've seen all this year. Um, and so you look at all these things, you sort of pay attention to them and say, but the LA Galaxy are still a top 10 team in Major League Soccer right now, Kevin. They're number nine in overall supporter shield, and you can sort of put that however you want, but you could even value them possibly above some other Eastern Conference teams and say they're even better than ninth overall in the league. There are not that many good or great teams in Major League Soccer this year. There just aren't. Now, unfortunately for the Galaxy, they get to play two of the good teams right now. And four of the four of the teams that are better than them are ahead of them in the standings, which is why they're in this one, you know, you know, need to win out sort of position. Yep. Ab- absolutely. No, it, it is. Let's get to some uh, questions real quick. Aaron had gave us a $5 super chat and says, uh, do you think Melia could be suspended retroactively for the game? Uh, the galaxy play against sporting Kansas city on Wednesday. Yes. And we'll talk about that a little bit further. Has to be, has to I mean, be, has yeah, to I don't be. think there's any choice, but well, again, we'll talk about it a little bit further. And then a big one, um, the, the, the herb, uh, memorial fund, um, that we're, that we always put together. Uh, Herb gave us a $50 super chat. That's five zero, Kevin, wow. in case you were, you're not paying attention. The great news about this, Kevin, is that you won't see any of that. So I'll, I get to keep all of that and make it, make things run, but I will show it to you one time in my bank account. It'll be a lot yeah, of fun for be, you. That'll be good. Uh, Herb says catching my first live show in a long time. Shout out to Josh and Mr. Baxter. Hey, Josh, is the Herb Memorial still a thing? I think we need to make a Herb Memorial like in the studio somewhere. We're going to get it like a little doll that looks exactly like Herb and put a little plaque underneath it. And we call it the Herb Memorial. Um, he's not dead, obviously. He just gave us fifty dollars, but that's that's part of the fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of we're going. Thanks, sir. We appreciate it. Big shout out. So, I see. I'm I'm Mister. He calls you by your first name. Absolutely, Mister. Yeah, that's, respect. That's usually, respect for his elders. It, it, it wasn't the respect thing. He's just he's just afraid of you, as as most yeah. people should be. Um, and unless, unless he's dead, I'm his elder because I'm older <laughs> than everybody. <laughs> yeah, you're older than me, so I mean yeah. you're, you're you're winning that uh, that race in here. Um, but no, saying all that, this is, and I, I this went is, to high school, I, w- I went to high school with God. He's in my yearbook. <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um, no, if you look at this though, and trying to say, like you're saying, oh, well, the galaxy might need help. Well, the, there's been no consistency throughout the Western conference. So there's very little chance that all the teams that are around the LA galaxy are going to win out all of their games. And I went through and the camera doesn't show it. Um, and it probably not, but I have seven post-it notes in front of me right now, Kevin seven that have everybody's schedule. I have Portland schedule, Vancouver schedule, RSL schedule, the galaxy schedule, SKC, Seattle, and Minnesota. I did all of those because I think those ones are the most likely of people around the galaxy to sort of move and, and dodge. And you talked about RSL. RSL is basically going to play and they played on Saturday and then they have a game coming up on Wednesday. But if you go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, that's how they finish. They basically finish out game five of five on Sunday. So they're going to play in every single window where the Galaxy do not play in every single window. Galaxy only have three games left. RSL has four games left. Same with Sporting Kansas City. They play five of five. They're five of five, and it might even be six of six. I didn't even go back that far, but they play five of five, their fifth game in every window. They go Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday to close it out. So they have four it, games. Irrelevant. The Galaxy can't catch them no matter what they do. They no, get in a no, plane crash. No, they can't catch but them. do they play them? Oh, they do oh, play they them. Do, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So so then, you know, maybe it might be relevant. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just putting a show together here. Maybe the t- team the Galaxy played the next on Wednesday, maybe it'll be relevant. I don't know. It could be. But You could do all the math you want, and I can still show you that if if, if Sporting Kent, if, if Real Salt Lake loses one of those games but wins the other three, the Galaxy still need more than seven points to get in. 
because Salt Lake would pass them. Uh, again, assuming that everybody else around the galaxy would also win and do stuff the same as the galaxy, uh, more or better than the galaxy. That's you. You keep assuming basically that it's RSL. It could be RSL. It could be Vancouver. It could be Portland. It could be. Let's see. What's my other uh, team in there? Vancouver, RSL, Minnesota. E any of those teams could stumble right now and also fall faster than the LA Galaxy if the Galaxy don't get any points out of this. What did you say? They need fifty-one points. Fifty. You said. I said. I said fifty-one earlier. As it looks like it's shaping up now, I think fifty. Actually, I think forty-nine may even do it. But that's that's, that's still a, a point from two of the three games. It is. They need points in two of the three games. You, you still, and one of them has to be a win. You still need something, but also that revolves around other things happening, right? The whole deal. What's but, the most likely game they win? Minnesota, the last one. So they get a point from the other two. That means they come into a winner-take-all. It would be winner-take-all. That Minnesota or Galaxy, whoever wins, goes to the playoffs. Could be. I, I, did, I, I just with this At team. Home. I just don't want to. Yeah, but I just don't want to roll that dice with this team. You don't have a choice, Kevin. I like how you think there's a choice in any of this. <laughs> there's not a choice. There's if they get their four points from the first two games. There's then yeah. There's almost a zero percent chance that the Galaxy get more than two points from the first two games that they have against Seattle and Sporting Kansas. So you realize yeah, this is where that, we're different. I'm an optimist and you're a pessimist. I'm not an. I'm, I, this is realism. This is this is exactly okay. any big game the Galaxy have played. Let's talk about all the big games the Galaxy have played so far. This year, right? Let's talk about the Seattle game where the first time they played the Seattle, they lost. Let's talk about the Sporting Kansas City game they played at home that was that was oh, this is going to be a good game. They lost that game too, right? Let's talk about um, that's when they go down to FC Dallas and lose four to nothing. This is not a team that has played in any sort of big game or games where they're expected to do well, right? They have not outside of the Portland game that they just won. Right. That was a big game. It was a big win. That's the first time I think almost all season they beat somebody who was actually above them in the standings. Um, but then, but then you're, but so, so we, we agree that they suck in big games and now we're going to say, oh, it's all going to come down to the 34th game of the season. Hence a big game. Yeah. And it, it is at home, but, um, wow. You know, I just, it, I just don't feel good in that situation. But again, you, you, I mean, yes, I don't have a choice. Yes. Yes. There, there's a pot. There's the tiniest of possibilities that the galaxy could go. You know, I, by the way, if I told you right now, Kevin, that you wouldn't have to play the game and the galaxy would get one point out of the sporting Kansas city game. Right. And I told you right now that you get one point out of the Seattle game. So you get two points. You didn't have to play either of these games, but knowing that you would have to play Minnesota at the end to do it, that everybody in here would jump up and down and say, take it a hundred percent. Here's where I'm going to get optimistic again and say that I think the Galaxy have a chance in Seattle or in, in, in Kansas City. I know it's a tough place for them to play, but Kansas City going to have their backup goalkeeper going. We assume they're, they're, going to, they're, they're missing a couple other players mm -hmm. um, to injury. Mm -hmm. So they, they won't have those guys. They, again, the Sebastian Legit line, the Galaxy have everything to play for. Sporting Kansas City is already in the playoffs, which is why they're resting injured players uh, and getting ready for the playoffs. Galaxy... It's not it's not far fetched to think the guys could get a win there. Then they go to Seattle. Here's why it's why not they it's not far fetched. Can we can we not preview the SK? You're going to ruin my preview for my SKC game where I tell you that the Galaxy don't win in SKC. Do I need to go there already? They no, don't well, win. Don't, when I say they're going to win, then everybody knows you're going to say they don't win because we never agree on anything. Which is but but I want everybody part to, of the charm of our relationship. But I want everybody to realize that you and I started arguing about this before we started recording, and it's just carried over now because yeah, I thought you were ridiculous. I'm like, this is ridiculous, and then you're like, oh, well, let's save it for the pot. And so we have, and we just carried it right over. Well, and here's why I think they have a chance in Seattle. Yes, difficult place to play on turf. I talked to Gar uh, Garth Langerway today, the general manager uh, of the Sounders. We talked about L a lot of other different things. But Loggerway, Loggerway, Garth Loggerway. Yes, that guy. Yeah. 
Um, can we and, wait? Can we tell them about Malia Emma before we start? No, no, please, no, we please, can't. We can't. Please, no. Kevin. Kevin, you want me to say Abramovich again? No, no, no. It's Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic. No, no, I was talking about the Chelsea owner. Oh, okay. So before, well, before we started the show, Kevin's like, "Hey, we're going to talk about Malia." And I'm like, Malia? I go, you mean Malia Emma? What about her? What happened? What did she do? She's awesome. She's, <laughs> she, awesome. she's awesome. That's why, you know, the, the little, uh, the, the tiny little uh, national anthem singer that sings. And the thing. I'm like, what did she do? He's like, he's like, no, the goalkeeper for sporting. I'm like, you mean Melia? And he's like, yeah, that guy. That's the, that's, that's the guy. That's why I, that's why I work in a, a written medium and I don't <laughs> speak. So anyway, um, I talked to the Seattle GM whose name will, go unpronounced mm-hmm. and he's telling me that you know they've had some injury problems this year as we know nicholas ladero jordan morris both appear to be uh, they're training now they're getting ready for the playoffs uh, they hope to be ready to play in the playoff opener Aral Ruiz diaz hasn't played since september he's coming back that could be and and and, and uh garth told me that he wants to get these guys on the field before the playoffs just a little audition that would be the game perhaps to do that it's a home game they're already in the playoffs they're pretty close to clinching home field advantage. Maybe they, you know, they could they could have that done before they play the Galaxy. That might be the game when they bring out some of these injured guys and let them run around a little bit. That opens up the possibility for the Galaxy. I'm not saying so. It, 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 the Galaxy go in favorite. I'm just saying that might be a place where they could steal some points if if Seattle is already looking forward to getting these guys ready for the playoffs. That makes it a more winnable game for the Galaxy. I. I, I'm not predicting they will, but I I could see them coming home from this little road trip with four points. I just, uh, and that gets them to fifty, and hence they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, see, it, see how I that mean, works. I mean, we, I said it whenever there were six games left. If the Galaxy wanted to guarantee their spot in the playoffs, they just win all six games, right? I didn't expect that they would, you know, go and start start actually beating Portland, um, because that game, that team so far had shown that they weren't able to do that, but they did. They beat Portland. They went to Houston. They beat Houston. They should have beat Dallas. I know we were actually talking about that game for a little while. That was something maybe we should return to. They beat Dallas. Um, you know, ultimately this is where the rubber meets the road. You can go through and point to a lot of things during the season of the galaxy, giving back points whenever they had a chance. Uh, I'll go back to something Greg Vanny said, uh, and we talked about, you know, sporting Kansas city and maybe it was the loss after sporting Kansas city or, or one of the guys, you know, maybe Chicharito said it, or he wasn't against sporting Kansas city cause he was injured for that game. Um, but you go back and you look at it and you say, uh, at one point, Greg says, you know, I take that, that we weren't ready to, to take that next step. Remember the galaxy were going to possibly climb into second place. I think at one point they were, they were, this is your chance to jump somebody and get into second place in the Western conference. And Greg said, you know, it just shows that we're not ready to, to, to win that big game yet to not do it. And he goes, but hopefully next time we will be. Um, and now this is it. So all the stuff, all the winning, all the losing, if you're, if you're an optimistic, optimistic person, Kevin, you say that the galaxy have learned their lessons through all of this, right? They have taken their bumps, their knocks. They've understood what has happened and how things can go bad. And they understand how things can go well. So they have all this knowledge now that they've acquired over 31 games in major league soccer, um, doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing. So they have all these things. They have these tools so now is the time to put all those tools to use. Uh-huh. Well, let, let me ask you, Eeyore, since you're uh, accenting the negative, on all your little post-it notes there, um, what happens if the Galaxy don't get any points from these two games and come back home to play Minnesota in the final game of the season with 46 points? Um, do they still have a chance? I mean, so, so I, by the way, the, I did no math involved, but yes, I mean, they technically should. Now it's going to depend on a lot of things that happen from here on out, right? There's a lot of things, but the Western conference has shown that the people around the LA galaxy are not consistent. 
So I don't think you can sit there. Well, the and Galaxy's say, not consistent. Exactly. Either. I mean, and they're locked right in there with all the rest of them. Um, so I, I don't think you can sit there and say, well, all those teams are going to win. They're not. And there are going to be games in here where that points get taken away from, you know, different people like, uh, Minnesota has to play, L, uh, uh, Minnesota has to play Vancouver. Well, somebody's either, they both get one point or somebody's walking away with points and somebody didn't win points there, Kevin. Right. So that's a chance for the galaxy to move ahead, to do things, uh, to advance. And even if they don't win, then maybe they only jump a point ahead. Or maybe they get zero points and that person stays exactly where they were. So there are chances in all of these things to one, give points and to take points um, whenever there are results in all these games. And it's the Western Conference. Everybody's playing everybody right now. So all, I expect all those things that, to, to sort of carry through with that. Well, and, and you know, uh, the second part of this is just getting to the playoffs, I don't think is good enough. Um, of course it is. Know, of course it is. Because it's 2020, the LA Galaxy were one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer. Their defense is now the best defense that they put together in the last four years, which is still not a great thing, but it shows improvement. And you're talking about a team now that is in the playoffs. Of course it is. No, it, it's a step forward, but I, I think a big club like the Galaxy should have a little more ambition than that. And my point was going to be getting to the playoffs may not be uh, enough if they can get to the playoffs with home field advantage, which is still... A possibility. I mean, you could you could say it's a possibility. The tiebreaker with Portland, if it was on goal differential, the Galaxy would be in fourth. They'd have a home playoff game. It's not goal differential. It's wins. They can still they can still get there, if they have a home uh, a home field advantage. I think they look pretty good, and if they win some of these games again, if they close strong, and that's something that everybody will tell you. It's Sasha Clutch and I were talking about that the other day. If you close strongly, if you if you finish out the season feeling good about yourself, and with some of these things clicking that we've been waiting for. All of a sudden, you become a dangerous team. We saw that with Portland the one year that remember the one year that Portland kind of snuck into the playoffs and went all the way to the MLS Cup final mm -hmm. um, because they got hot at the right time. Yep, it can happen. And Portland getting cold at the wrong time for them right now, so they're they're absolutely in a free fall. Whenever you look at um, you know points over that. By the way, the LA Galaxy was seven points out of their last three games, ties them. I think uh, ties them for like second place in terms of how many points people picked up over the last three over their last three games. I think one team had eight points and everybody else had um ha then there were a couple other teams or three or four teams that had seven points so the seven points was big out of the last three games and i think that that's if you're looking at that if the galaxy went to houston and got a draw i think everybody would be like oh yeah that makes sense you go on the road you get a draw and that type of thing the fact that they had six points and then gave two points away to Dallas at home sort of turns this all around. But even, you know, yes, the LA galaxy getting two more points would have been huge for them. Massive, but it still puts them in a position where they're going to have to get some points out of these last three games uh, to really lock things up. You can't just lose out and the galaxy don't have that ability right now. Um, before we get too far, I want to get back to Dallas because we need to talk about this game so we can close it out and then get away from it. Um, we talked about the first half, uh, you know, Fisher is not, listen, this is, this is a glimpse into the future for the LA galaxy, right? Whenever you put, uh, you know, O'Neal Fisher in at right back and Julian Rajo is not there. And when Julian Rajo gets sold, eventually the LA galaxy are not going to have him on the team anymore. And they're going to have to try to find somebody to replace him. And I think everybody's going to understand that trying to find somebody to replace Julian Rajo on that right side is going to be a lot harder than you possibly imagine being Julian Rajo has been one of the best right backs in major league soccer. And probably if I'm voting right now gets my player of the year for the LA galaxy and the defender of the year for the LA galaxy. Yeah. I don't even think that's a vote. I think that it's always if, a vote. Trust me. There's always there's, you know, you know, that one reporter I'm talking about, he'll, he'll make it a vote. Stop. Steal. 
yeah, absolutely. But but I mean that's that is a glimpse into the future. A a a, a Julian Araujo list LA Galaxy is is a something that will happen in probably the nearer future. Um, and you can see how much of an impact he makes whenever he's not bombing up and down the right-hand side. I thought Fisher had a better second half. Again, replace some guys in the midfield, do a better job of transitioning through it. Uh, as Greg Vanny said, be reckless with uh, your, your attack. He said we were reckless at times with our attacks going forward because we needed two goals, and it doesn't matter if you lose by more but, goals, right? But the big difference between the first half and the second half was halftime because Greg Vanny read some people, perhaps everybody, the riot act. Uh, it was... It, 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 no one told us that, but reading between the lines of people we spoke to after the game, it was pretty clear that there were some raised voices in the Galaxy locker room at halftime. Yeah, um, it, it seemed that way. Well, Vanny said, you know, that he didn't even take any time talking about the first half. He goes, that was over with. He goes, that was done. It was about how we were going to, you know, sort of get um, how we were going to how we were going to go forward, how we were going to, um, you know, attack things in that second half. But, you know. That he was not pleased with that. I mean, he came out and talked to us. I, you could almost tell that, um, and I thought he did a good job of sort of holding it together for a while. But he seemed angry even in our post game, not not outward towards us. And he was he was giving us the time and he was explaining things. Uh, he answered my question on verticality, which I've been trying to sort of figure out a way to ask in, in different ways uh, throughout most of this. And and you know, he talks about being more direct and he talks about you know being more goal side and being dangerous. And that's how you have to do it is you have to get those vertical runs. And it's something the galaxy seem allergic to unless they have their backs up against the wall for most of the time there, Kevin. Um, but it's something that they've had success when they have success scoring goals. They do get more vertical. They play guys into space and behind. They do a whole bunch of these things. So, um, you know, you could certainly see that them being more vertical in the second half. And then Sebastian Legette, um, you talked about it, uh, about all these things. But he also talked about trying to fit into the offense, right? And how he fits into the offense. And Greg Vandy talked about how, trying to get him out of his default. And this should make LA Galaxy and U.S. Men's National Team fans jump up and down when Vandy says, you know, his default is to hold possession and to spin away from pressure and to do those things. And he goes, and I'm just trying to get Sebastian to realize that his default should be attack, go forward, and then fall back to those other things. And Seba agreed that his run to score the goal that eventually tied the game, he agreed that maybe he doesn't make that run, Kevin. If it was a couple weeks earlier, maybe he doesn't maybe because him and Greg have been talking about this ongoing over and over about all these different things. So um, you hope that there's a light switch that sort of clicked on for Sebastian Legette, because if the galaxy can get a Sebastian Legette that we have all seen him play, uh, certainly with the U.S. men's national team at times and sometimes with the LA Galaxy, that forward attacking, finding passes in between lines, pushing forward, getting the team to move forward and attack. Uh, then the LA Galaxy are a different team than they've had for most of this year. And that could be one of those turning points that gets the Galaxy into the playoffs and beyond. But they, again, they can't have that first half be repeated in, in any of these last three games. No, they can't put no. 45 minutes together like that. No, if you put 45 minutes against uh, Kansas City as you did against Dallas, you will be le losing three or four to nothing. The game will be over. And there's no recovering from that against Sporting Kansas City at home. That's not going to be the way. So the Galaxy have to have intensity upper level the entire time uh for this there was a uh, there was some extra there was some there were some things in this too though kevin there was the extracurriculars there were some extracurriculars uh chicha got slapped in the face 100 got slapped in the face saw the replay today just not very hard um actually if i'm looking at baldomero toledo i and and i think kevin stott was the var official i i agree with them that that probably wasn't a red card now the dude still hits chicha 
And so that's something that I think we have to sort of take into our into account into a, a account for like next time too, Kevin. Is that and and fans have been bringing this up, and I've sort of been reticent to to look at this just because I haven't felt it's always been true. But I'll tell you right now that it feels to me like Javier Hernandez, Chicharito does not get protected very much by the referees in this league. And I think that they, they know that he's known for, for, for rolling and for diving a little bit. And I, I say to all the referees all the time, if you want diving and, and embellishment to stop, then start calling fouls when guys don't fall down because that never happens in any league, right? There's never, if you get kicked in the shins in the penalty box and you stay standing, they're just going to let you keep playing. There's very few times that they just point to the, the spot and say, oh yeah, that's still a penalty kick, which by the way it is. It's a foul even if you don't fall down. But referees know that if you fall down, that's usually the indication of a, of a foul. And so that's why guys have to embellish and do all those things. So Chicharito was uh, certainly getting in there. They changed a, a red card to a yellow card with VAR. There was the offside call as well on the on Jovalich that people are questioning. I've watched a whole bunch of replays on that now um, and have, have sort of come to the conclusion that it was very close. And from my vantage point up in the press box, I thought he was off when it was played. Uh, immediately, and it's a lot closer than that. But I don't think he's on. I don't think he's on by a clear and obvious, um, you know, error sort of judgment there. So I'm I'm fine with that. I think that's okay. Um, but overall, um, the Galaxy have to get used to this. I think they did okay against an FC Dallas team that Sebastian Legette said their season's over. They were basically just trying to start stuff and get us out of our rhythm because we were we were going after them, and and that makes sense. But um, yeah. I, I think referees I, I, need to do a better job protecting uh, Javier Hernandez. I agree with what Sebastian said. FC Dallas has been eliminated. It was nothing to play for. Um, they were angry. I think they were frustrated. They definitely came after Chicharito, and and they beat him a, a lot. I mean, he was, you know, there, he, as you said, he sometimes tends to go down easily. There were a lot of times when it looked like the, you know, WWE out there. He was getting beat up pretty bad. And you know what, Dallas, if you want to do that, that's great. But, you know, next year, teams are going to remember that. And Ricardo Pepe is a young kid, and he's a little guy, and he's slight, and um, you know, if, if you're going to beat up on Chicharito, don't be surprised if Pepe starts going down outside the 18 box. That's funny. You think Pepe is going to stay in this league past this year. I, that was cute. That was, <laughs> oh, that, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's on gone. the same play with Araujo. <laughs> he might be, he very well might be. Um, yeah. When you look at it and expect goals and everything that sort of comes out just as the stats, uh, it was 1.8 to, I think 1.6 or something like that. So it certainly lines up with the two and two, by the way, both the Dallas's goals were good. There were no issues I had with that, except the LA galaxy. He just couldn't play through the midfield. Uh, that midfield was pathetic, and Greg Vanny needs to be very worried about that going into a Sporting Kansas City team. He has to pick his best, most healthy sort of lineup um, that's going to be able to still compete against a, a dangerous Sporting Kansas City team. Can I go? I, I have one more soapbox thing for me uh, on this Dallas game, and it's something that I complain about often, so I will complain about it here too. Uh, note on the TV coverage. Um, the TV coverage for this game was atrocious. It was very, very bad. Well, it was two right? Yeah, it was it, it was TUDN, and it was I think it was Unamas maybe, and it was also put on on Twitter and all that stuff. But whoever was producing this, and not the on air talent, I very rarely give them. I think everybody tries their hardest and does a good job, and I think those guys are fine. But whoever was producing this 
I feel like they never watched soccer before. And if they did, maybe they just had a howler of a game and they just didn't realize what was going on. Maybe they're working from remotely and they're they're relying on people to tell them things and they're not telling it. But they couldn't get replays right. They didn't. They hardly they did not get the Jovalich offside replay until like 10 minutes after that play had been over. So it was completely useless to sort of us up in the press box to try to figure out what was going on. They the handball that happened on uh, inside the penalty box with Chicharito scored uh, his 14th goal. We're going to talk about him in a second. Um, I thought that their their coverage was there. I, they kept showing Chicharito scoring an offside goal over and over again. And as a matter of fact, they thought that the game was tied for like 10 minutes. So after Kevin, I didn't know this. Everybody was telling me this, that the, the announcers thought the game was 2-2 whenever Chicharito scored. And then whenever the Galaxy scored again, some people even thought it was 3-2 because the score had been 2-2 for so long. And then they changed it back. It well, ne- if, you, if you can't count to two, um, it, that's not good. It needs to be better. It needs to be better. And I don't know if anybody else um, is is paying attention to this or looking at this, right? But that needs to be better, and it's a it's a huge big deal that coverage for 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 any major league soccer team, whether it's national TV, whether it's local or anything else, needs to be produced by somebody who understands what it's supposed to look like. Right? Whenever there's a goal score that's offside, you need to go back to that offside call. You need to know where to look for the offside call. It's like they were looking at the Jovalich pass to Chicharito and thinking that was offside when everybody knew that was the good one. There was no problems with that. So. Um, you know, if you're upset about these things, then you have to let your voice be heard because that's not good enough for anybody. That's not good enough for any broadcast has to be better. Kevin, absolutely. hundred percent. I can count to two goals and then I still have all these other fingers left over. See how that works. Yeah. See, that was, that was very good. Very, very, and there was good. a big scoreboard there. It was huge and it had the numbers and everything right on it. It was, I mean, one on each end, you would think somebody would help them out. I don't know if they were calling that remotely or, or what the deal was. Um, but yeah, it just, it just wasn't good enough for me. Um, and it was the broadcast is usually very useful to us in the press box. Kevin, this one was useless to us. We kept looking for replays and there was nothing there. So, you know, you could also just watch the game as it's going on on the field. You, you absolutely can, but sometimes you miss the close calls and you want to see what they look like. Right. So do you want to talk about Emma Malia now and her goalkeeping? No, because that would be part of the Sporting Kansas City preview, which is at the end of the show. I, this, oh, okay. this is probably your first show. I don't know how many hundreds <laughs> of shows you've done. I've, I've been working two DNA uh, soccer broadcasts lately. Don't, so don't be mean, Kevin. Up. Don't be mean. I was trying I was trying to be critical. I don't want to be mean because I want don't want people to think I'm picking on, but that was not good enough. I'm so, trying not to curse because you get mad at me when I do. Yes, you do. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I had to wash my mouth out with soap. You did. Uh, Chicharito, by the way, gets his 14th goal. Uh, it was funny. Uh, he drew He drew the penalty kick. He actually flicked the ball that went off the FC Dallas player's arm. Uh, very obvious, clear handball wasn't even in question. Uh, and then everybody was like, well, Sasha Kleshin's on the bench. How? Who's going to finish that? <laughs> that being yeah. Kleshin has been scoring all the penalty kicks. They should have uh, subbed him on. Yeah, third game, third of three by, game with a penalty kick in it, by the way. Yes. By the way, the Chicharito goal that was called back for the offside, the one that stood on the broadcast forever that was an amazing goal that was a great shot nice 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 sharp angle shot uh 100 and, and, and so it didn't count on the scoreboard but you know what chicharito remembers that he remembers scoring he knows how that felt felt great i bet yeah. and you know getting him going we know that 99.9 percent of the offense goes through him getting him going he scored a goal came on a penalty kick he lost the goal on a great play it evens out a little bit right um, getting him going is, is really going to be, you talk about the midfield. Yes, that's more important, but getting Chicharito going could, could make up for a lot of 
the shortcomings the Galaxy have right now. Here we go. Uh, Chicharito now has 14 goals in Major League Soccer. That puts him just three goals behind the leader for the Golden Boot Race, Ola Kamara. Ola Kamara, by the way, has played 25 games. Uh, you have uh, Chicharito, who has played in just 19 games. Uh, I, I'm going to show you the next chart, um, but it's it's something that you, you don't really need to pay attention to except for one number on it, and it's the minutes per goal. And what I just sort of wanted to point out is that Chicharito scoring every 100, gets a goal every on average every 111 minutes, right? Right now, that's the most important one. So he needs six more goals, by the way, to even approach Landon Donovan or Robbie Keane's 20 goal seasons. So that's not something that you really need to pay attention to. But when you look at his minutes per goal, 111, one goal every 111 minutes is very much in the realm of the greats that the Galaxy have had. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic averaging over one goal per game, 1.03 uh, goals per game uh, in the uh, in the 2019 season. Uh, he scored a goal every 87 minutes. Carlos Ruiz scored a goal every 99 minutes. Uh, Ibrahimovic in 2018 scored in every, one goal every 97 minutes. Uh, Eduardo Hurtado every 111 minutes. Robbie Keane 103 minutes. Landon Donovan 107 minutes. So just again, it, there's a big, huge mark against Chicharito, Kevin, obviously, because he was missed so many games. And that would have put him, but if you, if you can sort of you know, prognosticators stretch that out into what it could have been for him. He is scoring at a rate among the LA Galaxy's best goal scorers in a single season. And that's something to keep paying attention to with three games left. There's a guy who's going to probably get you two or three goals out of these next three games. Uh, hopefully more, by the way, say Chicharito has a hat trick, Kevin, all of a sudden he's tied for the golden boot, uh, having played six less games than Ola Kamara and some somewhat 10 games less than some other people. But he has missed a lot of time the last two seasons. What is that Sasha question said? His best stability is his availability. 100% agreed. It's a black mark against Chicharito. It absolutely is. I just want to still put it in perspective because it's important for everybody to pay attention to. Uh, you can't just sort of say, oh, well, he missed a whole bunch of time. He, yes, but when he plays, when he's on the field, he scores goals. However you want to say it, he scores goals. Uh, let's get to the team of the week as well. Uh, there's nobody you would notice here. Uh, nobody on the LA Galaxy actually made the team of the week, Kevin, uh, except on the bench. However, so, yeah, Sebastian yes. Legette made the quote unquote bench um, for, uh, for, uh, the, uh, the team of the week. So that's something. And that means the LA galaxy have had players last week and this week, uh, Julian Araujo, I think made the, uh, made the actual team of the week last week. And then Sasha Kleshen made the bench last week as well. So that's something to sort of look at as well. So that was, do, uh, do you know who leads the, the, speaking of the bench, do you know who leads the galaxy in, in appearances off the bench this year? Uh, Career high for him. Uh, Sasha Kleshen. Yep. 15. It's, it's pretty impressive. You want to talk about if we, I, I rarely like to dive into this except when it's very, very obvious. Um, Sasha Kleshin is the heart and soul of the LA Galaxy. You can see yeah. it. You know, he's played 28 of their 30 games. Think about the guy's 36 and he doesn't, so he started 13 games, but you don't think of him as a starter. And then you realize how many times he's come off the bench, add those together, 28 appearances. It's, um, it's impressive. It's Pretty impressive, yeah. And when he comes out, uh, and especially even in this game, um, even against the Dallas, he was a spark. He didn't get a lot of attention. Nope. I, I understand. I understand that that Lejet scored the goal, yes, and and Chicharito the other one, yada yada. But Kleshin came in and provided a real spark. And then once they got the tie, helped close it out. Can you imagine being Greg Vanny trying to figure this out? By the way, for Sporting Kansas City, this is why I'm glad I don't make the the big bucks to try to figure these things out in terms of who the best lineup is. Because you I got would, fifty bucks tonight. What I, do you want? Yeah, well, those are the big bucks. You're right. Um, 
I, I just looking at it and saying Victor Vasquez is clearly one of your best players whenever he's healthy, whenever he's playing on the field. How much how much rest will he get in order to play in Sporting Kansas City? Is even starting him in Sporting Kansas City a smart thing to do? Um, you know, those are things that that you sort of look at and say, huh, okay, you know, what's what's gonna be the, are you gonna start JDS? Are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna restart Legette, even though he played the last, you know, 45 minutes? There are some really big questions coming up from Sporting Kansas City. So I again, it's just looking at the Dallas game and sort of the questions that arise from it in terms of uh, in terms of their form and their fitness. Kevin, I, I feel like Vanny ha- Vanny's lineup choice against Sporting Kansas City is going to be is very very important to how they how they quote unquote win but, that but, game. But then after that, there's no international break. There's no rest. They do have the carpet in Seattle to worry about. But I think those last two games, you start your best 11 guys. There's no squad rotation. Right. There's nothing. Well, you're going to get almost, I think, five days or four days between. It's going to be five games, but it's four games between travel heading up to Seattle. So that's an, that's an actual rest and break for for these guys. They'll yeah. have four days to actually just get back and, and do their thing. Um, there's just no rest between these next ones. So that'll be interesting to look. I want to talk about uh, Dennis DeClosa as well. Uh, Tom Bogert from... MLSsoccer.com was talking about the Houston Dynamo uh, looking for a general manager and mentioned LA Galaxy GM Dennis DeClosa uh, and Columbus Crew SC Technical Director Pat Onstad um, are the two front runners. Sources tell MLSsoccer.com. Uh, so uh, this is this is a, an interesting time for this. First of all, I would like to say that I think we've been fairly on top of this, Kevin, for most of the uh, most. This of the time. we already knew. Yeah, it was one of those things where you're sort of saying. Hmm. All right. Let's see. Let's sort of see, you know, what's going to happen with this and how it goes. Now, we know that. And and Tom, by the way, says this um, in his article and in his tweets that we know Dennis DeClosa and the L.A. Galaxy. We know the Galaxy hold an option on Dennis DeClosa's uh, contract. And so uh, we also know that perhaps it's been a little slower than everybody expected in terms of them talking to Dennis DeClosa and and thinking about possibly extending this right now. Um, I'm of the opinion that the LA Galaxy seem to have had almost uh, very little interest in even having those talks or having that discussion about what was going to happen next year. Um, but I guess if you're the LA Galaxy, you have that option, Kevin. It's your option all the way up until whenever his contract is over, unless you know he decides to go ahead and take another job and says, "We'll just I'll just cancel the last year of the contract." Like there's there's ways to do this and ways to go about it, but. Um, for me, you know, looking at Dennis DeClosa, clearly he's going to make sure he has options going forward. He doesn't want to be without a job whenever this comes around next year. So um, I, I will tell you the only update I can give you from this, and I put out a tweet whenever Tom Bogert put this out. Um, the only update I can give you is that it seems that the LA Galaxy and Dennis DeClosa have um, at least preliminarily approached the subject. Um, so, you know, it's far from over is basically what I want to say. I'm not sure that either of them <laughs> really wants to go down this path at this point um, to, to renew or to extend that option, Kevin. But I, it's well within possibility that it does happen. So, well, there's there's a lot of moving parts and it depends on which side you're talking to. Dennis wants to come back. He loves it here. His family likes it here. He's enjoying himself. He wants to come back. He feels like there are some things that he can do to help this team get better. Um, the Galaxy, my understanding is the Galaxy have talked to him, but they haven't been very sincere, that it's almost been formulative, uh, you know, like, you, you know, we're doing this, but we're really not doing it, you know. Um, they certainly, I don't think in my mind, from what I've heard of the talk, certainly have not shown Dennis the respect that he deserves. Perhaps maybe not for what he's done here, if you want to make that argument, but for his career. I mean, he, he is a guy who deserves some respect. That's where they brought him in. Um 
underlying all of that, you know, sort of the dance. Dennis, I want to come back, but I have to keep my options open. The galaxy, we're talking to you, but we're really not talking to you. That's it, it, behind all that is what Greg Vanny wants. Greg Vanny uh, showed in Toronto that he wants to run the whole thing. He wants to be in charge of of the co- the team on the field and then creating the team, just as Bruce Arena did. And it's a good model. You know, it, it, we've it, seen a lot of. I would disagree with that, by the way. It's a good model for a few people, not necessarily everyone. No, no. Yes, you have to. But Greg has shown he can do that, and he wants to do that. I think Peter Vermeers has done that at, at times, correct? And then and Bruce Arena is great at it. Bruce gets the players he wants, and then puts them on the field and and gets out of them what he had anticipated he would. He's he's a master at it. Um, it is definitely a kind of an old school thing. But Greg Vanny did well with it in Toronto. So you kind of look at it. Can Greg use some help? Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, can Dennis be that loyal assistant and not have to throw himself into the, uh, the forefront of everything? His personality seems to, to certainly say that he can definitely do that and would be very good at it. Then it comes down to, well, if he's not really the general manager, if he's the assistant general manager, do we change his title? What about his pay? I don't, there's a lot of things. I don't think that's happening by the way. I just, in in terms of the people that I've talked to that there, that if Dennis comes back, it'll be his general manager. That seems to be clear because otherwise I think Dennis would, would, would move. Um, now I saw some people by the way, talking about Dennis DeClosa going to Houston, right? And and this, he's clearly in line to be able to pick up that Houston job. And somebody yeah, said, very good place for him. See, that's what I would say. But people were saying, "Oh no, that's a horrible place." From I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I go, "You have a team that is very much linked with uh, with the Latino community in in Houston. You have a close tie with Mexico there, Dennis." Uh, Dennis's expertise comes with, you know, that knowledge of Mexico and the knowledge of players. Uh, he's going to have to be budget conscious. He'll have to figure it out. But you could imagine that he would be uh, he is one of those people who could do that. Right. You tell him how much money you have. And Dennis is going to formulate a plan in order to work that and uh, investing in academy and a whole bunch of things that really could pay off for a team like Houston. Dennis DeClosa should be the front runner for that job if if he's not going to be with the L.A. Galaxy. Um, it's a much better fit than Cincinnati and some of the other places where his name has been mentioned. Yeah, and, and I th- and I think that's true. I, that would one at least make sense to me. And I think that that if you're the LA Galaxy, you should realize that's a real option for him. So if if it's going to go sideways, then you can make it go sideways, and he can end up in Houston, and that's that's some place for him to go. So um, I just wanted to touch on that because we've been talking about it a lot and then doing the whole things. Um, you know, again, I think that. Um, I, you know, I think there's certainly some questions whether about Tim Bazbachenko um, in Toronto was a, um, you know, a, is is one of those those things um, that very well could could go down. By the way, um, I'm reading Feel the Berm just put up a tweet from Stu Holden. Uh, it looks like perhaps the Houston Dynamo are set to announce that Pat Onstad will be their new G- GM. Is that real? Feel the Berm. Can you let me know uh, in, in chat room because we're on here. Yeah, I'm not I, on Twitter. I had heard that earlier as well, but it hadn't been announced yet. Yeah, so it wouldn't be surising me. But by the way, that that again, if you're looking at leverage and which way things go and the whole whole thing, so he tweeted it this afternoon, um, apparently. So uh, that's one of those things that you know, hey, if Onstad takes it and can do that, then you know, then that sort of puts again. If you're looking for leverage in this case, I don't know what leverage the LA Galaxy would want. They hold the option. They have all the leverage in terms of whether they want him back or not. Um, but it's about Dennis and, and sort of, you know, making sure that he has a place to go to. So we'll keep an eye on it and sort of take a look at it and, and, and pay attention to that. So I just think it's really interesting what's happening inside that front office while all of this is going on, while the march towards, you know, the playoffs is continuing. The LA Galaxy, again, as we've said many times, are focusing on that 2022 season as well. You have to. You have to start planning now. You have to understand which contracts are coming back who you're going to target in the offseason because that offseason could be three games away kevin that offseason well, could and, start and, soon 
And and if you're Dennis or, or or you know Greg, who's involved in these talks, certainly, or at least his opinions being solicited, you don't want this to become a distraction at this time of year. I mean, the last thing Dennis wants, even if Dennis knows right now he's out of here, the last thing he wants is to leave without getting his team in the playoffs. Yep. Um, that looks good on the resume. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks very good on the resume. So everybody wants this team to go to the playoffs, certainly. Um, real quick, the schedule coming up for the LA Galaxy uh, coming up on Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. It's Kansas City versus uh, the LA Galaxy, and then it'll be uh, November 1st, so a Monday night game. Uh, Sunday is Halloween, October 31st, and then 11-1 is Seattle versus LA Galaxy. So a Monday night game because MLS is weird, uh, nationally televised. No, it's a spectrum game, so it doesn't even matter who knows. Monday night football. Mm, fun, good times. Uh, 11 7 21 is the final game. That's decision day. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff at Dignity Health Sports Park hosting against Minnesota. Uh, just quickly, the, the schedule for the next, there's a game tomorrow. LAFC will play Seattle. Um, they'll host Seattle, I should say, on a Tuesday night. So Seattle will go play Tuesday, Monday. Uh, whenever you look at the schedule, because they'll play Tuesday. Um, and I don't think they play for the rest of the week on that. And I actually have my Seattle schedule over here. Yeah, it is. They will play LAFC um, and then they will play at uh, they will host the L.A. Galaxy. So, so they get an extra day of rest. They do. They get an extra day of rest. The Galaxy have to travel. So really, when you think about it, it's almost two, two less days of prep for the L.A. Galaxy than Seattle does. Um, but Seattle also is traveling down to L.A. So they have to travel back. Less of a concern whenever you have um, the, Charter. the charters and you can fly whenever you want. Absolutely. Um, I was going to go over some of the stats and then the LA Galaxy. Let me tell you this, just in terms. The LA Galaxy are underperforming at home, Kevin. Uh, on average, uh, the LA Galaxy around 1.89 points per game. Uh, whenever you look at uh, their their average across all their seasons, uh, right now they're 1.75 points per game at home. So they're underperforming at home. They only have one home game left to sort of change that and, and do it. And they're they're at least average or um, just barely above average. 1.20 points per game on the road. 1.18 points per game is their average. So the LA Galaxy on the road, but with two games on the road possibility of not getting points you could see them drop below that line as well so this galaxy team is just flirting with averageness uh if that's a word it's not but that's mediocrity yeah mediocrity is is correct but again look at the entire league and that should be the story of 2021 is mediocrity and some mediocre team is going to make it to the mls playoffs and some mediocre team is going to win an mls playoff game too um half more than half the teams make the playoffs i'm sorry i know i'm really old school but kids get off my lawn. That's just too much. If you're if you're in the bottom half of the of the table, you should not be in the playoffs. Uh, agreed up to a certain point, except that that's what they said. So everybody gets to go in. And in this particular case, it would still be tight, even if they only allowed, you know, five, five teams in Kevin, there would be six teams playing for that last spot and sort of. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, it adds to the excitement. I get it. But I mean, it, it, teams under 500 are going to go in. And by the way, what about this attendance? What's going on with the the attendance? You know, they they, I, they announced fifteen thousand. There wasn't fifteen thousand in the building, well, and there hasn't been. I mean, they've been under. Uh, listen, tickets distributed. Even you make this argument all the time. Tickets distributed, not people there. Um, yeah. So so that is now. Were there thirteen thousand people there? Possibly. It was probably pretty close. The game did fill up as the as the first half sort of went on. So I'll give that. I think some people left after the first half too because. Uh, but what what are they going to do tomorrow, Tuesday night at Bank of California, then Monday night at at at, at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park? Um, I, I just can't imagine those are going to do better than the weekend crowds. Monday will be up in Seattle, FYI. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so it won't really matter. There'll be nobody at Dignity Health Sports. That's I, I imagine a just really a few, bad crowd. A, hand, yeah. a handful, a handful, a smattering yeah. of people. People uh, listening to this are going to go there and now. That, that's the there'll be five people there. Then don't uh, listen as, to the panda as that goes. He has no clue what's going on. No, I mean you know certainly somebody asked. I I have to think that the uh, and we said we even talked about this. It's like it's really hard to talk about attendance whenever there's still a pandemic going on and whenever they yeah. have these restrictions and all these different things. And it's like. I want to talk about it because it's something that's there, but I don't know how real it is or how fake it is. Plus the Dodgers were playing like there's reasons I can talk my way around it. It's still not good. By the way, the galaxy are like 10,000 short of where they should be on a Saturday night game. Um, well, I, I really want to write about it because there is something going on, but it's, it's, I can't because it's, it's unfair to do it now. It is with the pandemic. It is. It's unfair to say the galaxy, you're not getting people to feel safe to come out to the stadium. That's not their job. Yeah. People will come back when they feel safe. I'm just a little surprised because we had been led to believe there was this pent up desire. There was to see live, live soccer. There and was it just, there was a little bit, there was a bump in the middle of the season, but it's just gone away. You, you mean whenever we thought we all got vaccinated, we thought it was over and then we realized, oh, it's yeah. not, not quite over. So, I mean, I can understand sort of the the mindset behind some of some of that. It doesn't surprise me. None of that surprises me. Let me get to one more stat before we sort of let things go. Uh, the LA Galaxy score first or allow the first goal. Guess what? It continues. Galaxy one, nine and five whenever they uh, allow the first goal. Got some points. Fifth time they got points out of allowing the first goal. So that's good for them. Uh, but still, it remains to be seen. Uh, I was talking to some people about this SKC game, and I said it's very simple for the LA Galaxy. Score first, and you have a chance. If the Galaxy allow Sporting Kansas City to, to, to score first, it's over. They're not They're not winning that game. So 12-2-2 um, two and two whenever the LA Galaxy score the first goal. That's a huge, huge difference. But huge we do difference. have the WrestleMania factor that... Uh Oh, Tim, Tim Milia, you wanted me to say his name because you wanted... Yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Emma Malia in goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tim Milia. If you watch that, even even The Rock tweeted out that there there had to... He saw the video and was uh, talking about how it was a WWE takedown and said, I'm assuming this this player got a red card for that. Nope. No. Nope. No. Don't and assume. They, and they had VAR, by the way. So, um, yeah. Uh, uh, There's no excuse for that. It was it was violent. It was unnecessary. It's It's clear. Um, it's clear and obvious. A clear and obvious mistake. The the uh, disciplinary committee will get a chance to look at it, and they'll get a chance to go ahead and and suspend. It could him. be a multiple game suspension. I, I would not be surprised if it was two. I, or, I, I, I think two. not three, but two. I think two. I think two is probably the the right ones. Um, so you know, it's a, it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun to sort of see where this goes, but. Um, looking at this game, this is this is the this is the big one, Kevin. We talk about the big games. This is a big game for the LA Galaxy. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is 16-7 and 7, 55 points, 13-11 and 7 for the LA Galaxy, 46 points. Uh, game will be on October 27th. This is a Wednesday. 5:30 p.m. is when the TV start time starts. It's a Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes uh, broadcast. Uh, this was my uh, alert, 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 alert. Kickoff is at 5.55, so it's one of those 25-minute lead-in games. Um, so usually we've been seeing seven- or eight-minute lead-in games. No, Fox is going to have a 25-minute lead-in. So closer to 6 p.m. than it is to uh, to 5.30, so everybody and, keep that in mind. Kansas City is playing for the possibility of home field advantage throughout the playoffs on on, on the West Western Conference side. And, you know, whichever team went, gets home field advantage in the playoffs, they would get to host – MLS Cup final unless New England makes it right. because they'll finish ahead of everybody else over there. Right. So I mean they're playing for something, but as you as you you mentioned when you did your research earlier today, their backup goalkeeper is 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 good but hasn't played 
much lately. Yeah, it has not. John Polskamp is would be the backup to Timelia, and we do expect a, a disciplinary committee uh, response before probably tomorrow um, on a Tuesday, uh, whenever that comes in. But I mean, SKC also has. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna say they have a bunch of injured players. Uh, Danny Polito is injured. Um, uh, Salawi is is um, is injured as well. Uh, Daniel Salawi, uh, he's day to day with an ankle. I, you know, sort of talking to some people, they don't think he'll be back. They don't think Polito will be back. But you know, they could show up in this game, but it's unlikely. There's some other question marks in this. But this is also a team that. Um, and by the way, it was Alan Polito, isn't it? Not Danny Polito. Danny Polito was the guy I went to high school with. FYI, just let me he know. knows. He knows Emma Malia. I'm, I'm sure he does. Um, but uh, whenever you look at uh, at this team, this is a team that just went up to, to Seattle and won. Now they won with some some dubious things, right? Um, but they won. They beat the number one team in the Western Conference. Seattle starting to slip a little bit. We've seen this giving up points where maybe you didn't expect them to give up points. This was a big game for Seattle. They slipped. Sporting Kansas City took it away. They did it while these guys were injured. They did it, you know, on the back of all these things. Uh, I was talking to uh, Allie, who is sideline up there for Sporting Kansas City. She's she's awesome and always gives really good information. Um, but we were talking and she said, you know, her biggest concern was that Sporting Kansas City plays every single window here on out and that Peter Vermees does not like to rotate and does not like to sub people and that he plays guys and he has a starting 11 and they're the guys who are going to play. You can't do that if if you have, you know, five or six games to close out the season. You're going to have to rotate somewhere. So do they feel like they have a chance at home to rotate against the LA Galaxy knowing they're at home and that that will sort of take them and, and give them an advantage? I, I don't know if that is one of those things that you could sort of look at. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's it, this is such a difficult game to predict because the Galaxy don't lose at Sporting Kansas City, but they don't they don't always lose. Let's put it that way. Uh, out of the nine meetings that they've had um, so far, I, I was going to say nine meetings since Sporting Kansas City changed names, Kevin. Sporting Kansas City to, from the from the Wizards, right? The Wiz um, to Sporting Kansas City. Since they changed it, they've played nine games at that stadium. Yeah. Yeah, since I was gonna say since they changed states. Yeah, I did they go did they move over to state? Yeah, I guess they did because yeah, they were playing over. They were in Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. And they were in Missouri before. Um so nine meetings. Uh, SKC is four, one, and four at home against the LA Galaxy. Four, one, and four. Which means in my twisted math of ways, the LA Galaxy took points off of Sporting Kansas City the majority of the time at home because they got points five times out of the nine times that they played them at Sporting Kansas City. That's big if we're talking about getting points. If we're talking about, um, you know, trying to to advance into this this playoff position, and you need any point you can get. A point at Sporting Kansas City would it be the best thing in the world? No, three points would be the best thing in the world. But one point gets you one point closer to making those playoffs. Um, that gives you a chance possibly to beat Seattle. If you can't beat Seattle, you need to get a point. You need at least one point. You have to keep marching through this um, because I think that if you look at five points from where they are, that puts them you know, real close to where they need to be. So not losing is important. And let's see how the LA Galaxy react to not wanting to lose, but also still trying to play to win, Kevin. They can't be out there being careful either. They need points and beating Sporting Kansas City on the road would give them those points. Yeah, and, and you know, of, of the two games, I think you'd probably say Sporting Kansas City without their starting goalkeeper is the of the two road games, that's the one that you have the best chance in. Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, I, I think if the Galaxy get um four points, um, you know, and you figure that they're gonna they have to win, they have to win a game for sure 
if they win two games, they're in the playoffs. I think that six points definitely does it, Kevin. Right. So we can keep looking at all these things and sort of take it. And you can say you, you need points. You need to go against this. And this Sporting Kansas City team, again, they're coming off a short rest. They don't have a lot of time. RSL is going to have to really stretch down this this uh, this stretch as well. Minnesota has some breaks in there. So I expect Minnesota with three games left to be sort of the Minnesota that we expect. But I think they're a weaker team than everybody thinks. We talked about Vancouver being sort of strong and pushing into some of these uh, uh, different places. So if we look at the Western Conference standings again, the LA Galaxy sitting up there at 46 points. RSL is just four points back and they have a game in hand. They can win and sort of push things up and move things up in that direction. Vancouver, two points behind. Minnesota, one point behind. Portland, again, in a tailspin, is is tied with the LA Galaxy on points. Um, you need to see something from this LA Galaxy team against the Sporting Kansas City. If you can win the game, that's good. But if, you're, if it's 1-1 in the 89th minute, then play for the point, Kevin. Get the point and get out of town because the point is more important than zero points at this point. Well, and I was just looking at what I was looking at here was the weather. It doesn't look like the weather is going to be a factor. It's going to be around 50 degrees, but it doesn't look like there's going to be any snow or any rain this time of year. That could be a factor in Kansas City. But, you know, a little chilly, but I think 50 degrees, you can play in that. Yeah, I think that there's absolutely a, 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 a nice that's that's soccer weather, Kevin. You can play soccer weather. That's 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 good. Good sort of ways to do it. Uh, Johnny Russell on this team obviously is dangerous. Um, they were talking about um, just a, a bunch of guys. Listen, Graham Zussi's out there and has been playing forever. I mean, you know, Peter Vermees sort of going back to some of his his stalwarts here as the season has prog- progressed and sort of made its way in. Um, and so you're looking at this team that is a very technical team. They're a little Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde, too, because I've seen them be very inconsistent, look like they can't play. Um, and then I've also seen them play uh, really strong against some good teams. So uh, Sporting Kansas City, information from the L.A. Galaxy. Nick DePew will be suspended for this game with yellow card accumulation, so he will be out. So if it's me, I'm putting Dan Starris back there with uh, Derek Williams. That's me. Uh, it, I would have put Dan Sarris back in there a couple of games ago. I, I think, and listen, Depew had a bit of a nightmare in the first half as well. Um, so that's that's something to also watch in this. So Depew had a nightmare in the first half against FC Dallas. Otherwise, he's actually been very good, very good positioning-wise. But I think uh, experience-wise in this game, I think Dan Sarris is the guy instead of Sega Koulibaly. And people say you're not allowed to make any Atari jokes. Um, so, yeah, you're done. I, Hey, but, you know, another thing about Dan Steris, everybody knows I'm a big Dan Steris fan. There are only two two Galaxy players in uniform that played uh, in the last Bruce Arena playoff game going back to 2016, Dan Steris and Sebastian Lejet. There you go. I mean, that you have the experience, and this is going to be an experience game um, because this is going to be a very, very difficult game for the Galaxy to get points from, let alone win. So keep that in mind as you sort of look at it um, as it goes down. Kevin, if you had to uh, to bet your entire house on this game, did the LA Galaxy get three points against Sporting Kansas City? Yeah, I think they do. Wow. I'm going to say, yeah. Wow. I think that's way too confident. I don't. I don't even know. That's that's like tank top confidence. Have you ever ever heard? Uh, I, I forget uh, which comedian. You, is. you did not want to see me in a tank top. <laughs> Dan Soder is the is the guy who's the comedian who talks about tank top confidence. He goes like, I just want to walk around like in a tank top. You know, I have that kind of confidence. Um, and uh, that's tank top confidence saying the galaxy are going to go in and sort of uh, stab. Uh, you asked Kansas me City. what I thought. Yes. And I, Tank top, I, I, tank top confidence is what you gave me right there. That was it was. It's almost t- confidence without any reason. That's what it feels like. Uh, 
I, I, I just, I can't. I say a draw is a good, a good result here, and I'm convinced that even two draws and a win will get the LA Galaxy into the playoffs. And I, I am allowed to revise that after the game, <laughs> yeah. after the game, and I see all the results from the rest of the league, uh, sort of going through that. So that's where I got it. Um, I think a point will be good. Let's see how the LA Galaxy do again. Some rotation things. Uh, no injuries outside of Viafania, but I don't really expect him to be. Uh, if he is healthy, that could possibly be something, but I don't think that Greg wants to throw Viafania into something when he hasn't played a whole bunch of minutes into a game like this. So but uh, again, another guy that can get out there with some playoff experience, which knows what it's like going down this road. Uh, yeah. You know, I know these guys played in Europe and they played in bigger leagues, you know, right. uh, but this is a whole different animal. Um, this is almost like playing not to be relegated kind of uh, that kind of desperation. Um, and, uh, not many players have even gone through that. So the more guys, the more Steris and Legettes and questions and Viafanias you can get on the field now, uh, or at least dress them. So they're on the sidelines helping to, to, you know, explain things to people, the better off you're going to be. Uh, LA galaxy will travel to Kansas city on Tuesday. So we're recording on Monday night. They'll travel after they have training in the AM. They'll of course head back to the game after Wednesday night. They'll have Thursday off. They will train on Friday. They will train on Saturday, Sunday on, and then on Sunday afternoon, they will travel up to Seattle. There are no media calls scheduled with Greg Vanny, uh, in between now and whenever they get, uh, we have them scheduled after the games, but there's no individual ones outside of that. So we'll just have the, the post games that are sort of scheduled uh, coming up. So uh, that's where the LA Galaxy sit. A really busy week of games. Ridiculous Tuesday night game and then a whole bunch on Wednesday night. And then this weekend is just packed, jam full of games. Uh, and then, hey, boys and girls, this is it. Uh, three games left for the LA Galaxy. Most teams have three games left. Some teams have four games left, but everything will come to a head and it will end on November 7th. So we're just weeks away from the end of the regular season and then possibly uh, the start of the playoffs for the LA Galaxy. So, And you have called an audible and said there will be no more regular season uh, from the box podcast. So if my prediction goes south, right. I don't have to answer for it because this, no one will be here to talk to me. So, so that is a scheduling update. We were trying to figure out when to do it and how to do it, but there's a Monday night game. Uh, Kevin can't do it on Tuesday night, which is perfectly understandable because um, I think LAFC is playing. And you have to go cover that game, so you will you will do that one. And on Monday night, the game the Galaxy play against Seattle, and Sunday night is Halloween, which means we couldn't record. Plus, we'd have two one two before game. That doesn't make sense anyway. So that next week, whenever the Galaxy play on Monday night, there will be no Monday night show sort of talk. Maybe I'll figure out something to do uh, that day or, or on Twitter spaces or something like that, just to sort of set way you guys, I know everybody gets tired of hearing uh, or gets uh, scared whenever they don't hear my voice. I'm probably tired of hearing me was a better, was a better way to go. But anyway, so that's a scheduling update on that one as well. Um, all right, Kevin, I think we're done. Anything else? You good? At the end of the regular season. Goodbye, everybody. It's like the last day of school for me. Did Kevin, next time you come back and the LA Galaxy have made the playoffs because you have said so. Because of the win in Kansas City. Because of the win in, in Kansas City, then you'll be yep. you'll be all set and you will say, then we will be able to say, welcome to a special ML, uh, MLS Cup playoff edition of Corner of the Galaxy from the box. So and that, I'll be coming to you for my new house because I bet this one for yeah, the win. For the and win. And a, a mansion. A mansion. Yeah. That'll be good. All right. Very good. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at K Baxter 11 head on over to latimes.com where you can find all of Kevin's writings please check that out latimes.com covering all the teams Southern California men's national team women's national team all that fun stuff latimes.com if you're looking for me on Twitter it's at Jay Guessman J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N and of course at 
Galaxy podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We have post-game press conference there for you. We have articles. We have all the stuff you need. These podcasts. Rate, reply, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. We appreciate it. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato-Gessman. You've been listening to, you've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.